Dear friends in Christ Jesus, once again I extend you all a very warm welcome to you to this Eucharistic celebration, fourth Sunday of ordinary time. A mother went to wake her son for church one Sunday morning. When she knocked on his door, he said, I am not going, Mom. Why not? asked his mother. I shall give you two good reasons, he said. One, they do not like me. Two, I do not like them. His mother replied, I will give you two good reasons why you will go to church. One, you are 47 years old. <laughs> Two, you are the pastor. <laughs> Dear friends in Christ Jesus, welcome again. Jesus today giving us nine Beatitudes and the Matthew Gospel chapter 5, 6, they are known as Sermon of, it contains the collection of Sermon of Jesus. And it is known as the Sermon on the Mount. It is one of the popular passages and the National Father of India, Mahatma Gandhi, and he formulated the principle of ahimsa, non-violence, after going through the teaching found in the Sermon on the Mount, he drew inspiration and he formulated the method of non-violence and ahimsa. He fought for the freedom of our country. And such a powerful sermon, Sermon on the Mount, this is called Sermon on the Mount because Jesus went up to the mountains, sat down, and he began to preach and teaching people the mysteries of kingdom of God. And Jesus taught in a way in the Sermon on the Mount he had never taught before. He taught with authority and he spoke spiritual truth. And today the Beatitude and Jesus has given us nine Beatitude, the best principle and we are going to quickly go through seven of them. And the word blessed, that could be translated as a happiness, as a happy. Happy are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. That could be the real meaning of blessed in the sense happiness. And these seven principles that Jesus has given us today, and they are going to help us find happiness, peace, and joy in our life. And number one, we need an attitude of humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It simply means we need to have an attitude of humility. When it comes to our relationship with God, we are all on the same playing field. 
we all depend on him for our salvation poor in spirit means humility humility is not thinking less of yourself it is thinking of yourself less humility is admitting that you do not have it all together humility is admitting that you do not know know it all humility is realizing that the universe does not revolve around me humility is admitting to god that you need his help and people who are in poor in spirit and they strongly have they 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 possess the right frame of attitude and their happiness would not depend upon the right circumstance but they believe in right attitudes the circumstance can change the circumstances will change in our life but if we have the right attitude and we can be happy no matter what the circumstances are and that's why the people who are in poor in spirit they rely upon god's power and regardless of what's happening around them and they will be joyful always saint paul when he wrote a letter instructing people rejoice always in christ and he wrote those words when he was in prison and he could be cheerful and joyful even in the prison and because his happiness he possessed the heart of poor in spirit and not on the external circumstance yes external circumstance can change and it will change but if we have the right frame of attitude strongly rooted in christ with humility in poor in spirit definitely regardless of whatever the circumstances we go through we could be happy cheerful and joyful and number 2 we need an attitude of repentance and blessed are those who mourn they will be comforted and this could be translated as happy are those who mourn they shall be comforted this does not sound quite right to us does it how can someone be happy when they are in mourning how can someone be happy when they are crying how can there be happiness when there is sadness here is the key happiness depends on what you are crying over happiness depends on what you are crying about if i am crying about the sin in my life i should be happy why because that means i am taking the sin in my life serious that i am concerned about it if i laugh if i laugh about the sin in my life that means i am not taking it serious enough if i ignore the sin in my life that means i do not want to deal with it if i cry about it that means i have looked at it i see the seriousness of the situation if i cry about it that means that i realize how much it affects me my relationship with god my relationship with my spouse my children my parents i need to do something about it i need to repent and repentance is a second step to happiness blessedness 
And attitude three, we need an attitude of teachability. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now most people seem to think that meek means weak, a spineless person, without any backbone at all. But in the original language, meek is used taming a wild animal, bridling a horse. The word meek is a picture of power under control. So when we talk about a meek person, we are talking about the one whose life has been brought under the influence of the Holy Spirit. God is in control of his, his life or her life. What this beatitude tells us is that, tells me is that, I am to drive my life, but allow God to be my navigator. It is like saying, Jesus, I shall drive. You just tell me where to go. If you say turn left, I will turn left. If you say turn right, I will turn right. If you say turn around, I will turn around. I am turning my destination over to you. The people who possess this attitude of meek are sensitive to the divine will of God. The meek people are not easily provoked or irritated. They are not proud. They are not self-sufficient or stubborn. They are not unmanageable or ill-tempered. In fact, Jesus himself was meek. Moses in the Old Testament is known as meek person. And Jesus, when he talked about himself, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am meek and lowly, humble in heart. And the attitude four, we need an attitude of righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let me ask you, what are you starving for? What are you hungry for? What is the deepest desire of your heart? What is that you long for more than anything else? That is what Jesus is talking about when he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. Young, a young man came to Socrates, a worldwide well-known philosopher, told him he wanted knowledge. The philosopher told him, follow me. And the young man, and he led him, to the edge of the ocean and into the water. Without warning, Socrates grabbed the young man and plunged him beneath the water and held him there until the young man stopped struggling. Then Socrates pulled the young man out of the water, gasping for air. Socrates then dragged the boy to the shore, left him there on the sand and returned to the marketplace. When the young man recovered, he sought out Socrates again and asked him why he why he tried to drown him. Socrates replied, When you were under the water, what did you want more than anything else? The young man replied, I wanted to breathe. I needed air. Socrates responded by saying, When you crave knowledge like you craved air, then you may be able to find it. And my dear friends, children of God, what do we long for? Do we long for righteousness? Do we long for godly things in our life? Do we long for divine will in our life to make a big decision in our life? Is righteousness the desire of your heart? 
is the truth is the desire of your heart the bible says we need to have starvation we need to have hunger for righteousness attitude number 5 we need an attitude of mercy the scripture says be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful and scripture affirms that if you show mercy and you will be shown mercy unto you god will show mercy to you the parable of the unforgiving servant the king forgives the debt of his servant but the servant failing to forgive the debt of his servant on a companion and he was punished and the reason because he had failed to show mercy and we need to have the attitude of mercy and we'll receive mercy from god blessed are those who are merciful and they will show mercy god had shown us mercy if our greatest need was our information god would have sent an educator if our greatest need was our technology god would have sent scientist if our greatest need for pleasure god would have sent entertainer if our greatest need was for money god would have sent an economist but since the humanity's greatest need for mercy forgiveness salvation god sent his only son the savior the redeemer of the world god shown mercy to us and we are called to show mercy toward one another to receive god's mercy again during the final judgment and attitude number 6 we need an attitude of purity blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god now here is a beatitude which demands that we should stop and examine ourselves the greek word for pure has number of interesting information it was used for dirty dirty clothes that has been washed clothes clean it is used to describe grain flower that had been carefully sifted cleansed of all impurities it is also used when describing milk or wine that had not been mixed with any other liquid it's not diluted or watered down it is it was it is pure so this beatitude could be translated blessed is the man who is genuine in heart who is authentic who is not phony because such a man will see god now what does it mean it means one is pure it means one is holy it does not mean that one is perfect but that we strive to be clean we take the mask off we quit being phony we quit pretending to be the person you are not we become honest with god we become honest to ourselves we become honest to each other we strive to be pure in heart that's why st paul can write to timothy and say flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call on the lord from a pure heart attitude number 7 we need an attitude of peacemaking the final one blessed are the peacemakers for they shall see they shall be called sons of god god wants us to be peacemakers not peace breakers he wants us to be part of the solution not the problem there are two kinds of people in this world thermostat people and thermometer people a thermometer reflects the climate of the room 
If the room is cold, it is cold. If the room is hot, it is hot. But a thermostat, thermostat can change the climate of the room. By its setting, a thermostat can change a cold room into one that is warm, a hot room into one that is cool. And a peacemaker is a thermostat person. A peacemaker can change the climate of the room when she or he walks in. Have you ever seen that person? Have you ever been in a, in a room where everybody is negative and complaining and everything was going wrong? Then a thermostat person enters the room and soon and says something that causes people to say, we never thought of, thought of it like that. The whole climate changes. God wants peacemakers in his church. God wants peacemakers in the workplace. God wants peacemakers out in the world. God wants peacemakers in our family. People who never dwell on the negative, but concentrate on the positive and see the good things God is doing in his church and in the world. And my dear friends, and these, the beatitude, the seven attitudes, and definitely will help us to re remain as a disciple of Jesus and to bear testimony to him as a light of the wor world and salt of the earth. May we strive towards these finest qualities, humility, repentance, teachability, righteousness, mercy, purity, and peacemaking. May God bless us all. Bless our family. Amen.